The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Kraftchik. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters, so we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is, things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in, so feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATEABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. Meet like-minded people who share your interests over brunch. The Datable podcast was started by a group of friends who were sharing SF dating stories one day and thought, why don't we start a dating podcast? So, ta-da! Here we are. Enjoy our first episode. 
Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. And next to me, I have the wonderful woman who is in, um, she's in some sort of yoga attire, but yet button-down shirt, very com- very wonderful combination. Her name is UA. And next to me, we've got, I don't know what you're wearing, um, <laughs> 10 years of funny San Francisco improv fest shirt. Because he is the king of improv, Michael Vargas. I like to say his last name a lot. And we've also got um, a room full of people you guys can't see, but we have an audience today uh, drinking mimosas and eating chocolate cover pretzels. So it's going to be good. Pretzels are actually really tasty. Each episode, we dissect a dating story. And today, we have a good buddy of mine. His name is Kurt. And yes, ladies, he is very handsome. Ow, ow, ow! (laughs) Kurt, give us your stats. (laughs) and he's also very bashful very shy and very humble we see you kurt (laughs) you are there so kurt if i'm not mistaken you have a little bit of a story for us today let's see so so several years ago i met a girl at a party and we pretty instantaneously hit it off um you know, flirting and, you know, spent a, a good portion of the night together. We, so, so we had hit it off, but then we kept on living in different cities. She, she was visiting the city and then, you know, and then I moved away and then we moved back. Um, but we, we always kept in touch and whenever we were in the same city, we were always really excited to see each other. Um, so, then, so then fast forward to what's now about a year ago, we were finally living in the same city here in San Francisco um, for uh, living in the same city for the first time. And so we started seeing each other like more, uh, a bit more seriously, I guess. Except that it would go back and forth between us being really excited to see each other and being broken up, like literally like one week to the next. So just back and forth, yes, we're on, today we're off, tomorrow we're on. Right, exactly, exactly. Were you guys sleeping together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just clarifying. So it was mostly kind of her having commitment stuff uh yeah right um and i think in i think in fairness as well i i hadn't actually been in a serious relationship in um in a few years at that point and so i think i was definitely you know like forgetting what it was like to be a good boyfriend i guess but one so so one example we went to this like really fancy holiday party like you know out with all our friends um and you know, we were like really excited to go to this party together, and then by the end of the night, she was, you know, she she literally said like, "I never want to see you again." Um, and, <laughs> and and the the reason from her perspective is she thought that I was uh, like flirting with uh, like with all of her friends, um, and I think like I do have a fairly flirtatious personality. So um, so anyway, so so that was the end of the night um, with you know us leaving separately together, not not leaving together. Um, and then I forget what exactly brought us back together again, but then we, we did end up starting to see each other again for a bit. And so, so we were seeing each other regularly, and then I asked her to like, you know, officially be my girlfriend, and then she was like, yeah, like, I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, so awesome. And then, <laughs> and then like two weeks later, she was like, oh, I want to break up. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. Um, and so, so funny, just funny aside, I guess, um, we were talking about like w- you know why she like wasn't inter- is interested in the relationship and she and you know so she cited a bunch of things but generally was just felt like i wasn't she felt like i wasn't committed to the relationship 
Um, and, and like one example of this was like I, that I didn't change my relationship status on Facebook to be like in a relationship. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Modern day problem. Interesting. <laughs> and my and so my reply to this is like, you know, look, we've been on and off for, you know, a few years like like this, this literally is exactly why I didn't change my, my relationship status is because I basically expected this to happen. And then two, two weeks after that, we, I'm just out at some bar with some friends and we run into each other just completely randomly. And we're like, we're really excited to see each other. Um, you know, we're like kissing, holding hands, being very coupley. Um, <laughs> and so, so then like as, so she already has plans to go to another bar with her friends, but I'm like, you know, why don't you come over tonight like after that? And she's like, yeah, I would love to. So then we're texting a bit. And then at, like, and then she gets into the cab uh, with her friends to go to the next bar. And literally a minute after she leaves, she texts me and is like, I don't think we should be friends anymore. And, and then the following week, she texts me and is like, um, uh, hey, do you want to talk about being friends sometime? <laughs> and so then, then I sent her the screen cap of the text that she sent a previous week ago. <laughs> when she was nice like, I don't want to be friends. And that's basically where our relationship ended. So. <laughs> No, we have not. <laughs> Wait, so this is this is very interesting because I'm just going to give you my female perspective of this. I've definitely done this. To, I've definitely done this. Not because I wanted to be a crazy bitch on purpose, but really I needed something from the guy and I just didn't know how to verbalize it. And in this situation, it really sounds like she needed your attention and she needed your commitment, but she needed something more definitive some sort of like affirmation, like I want to be with you. I want to commit to you. I want you to be my girlfriend. I want to be with you. And so Kurt, I got a question for you. Do you, is there anything looking back on it that you think she needed? Um, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I hadn't, I hadn't been in a relationship for a few years. And so um, like, I feel like when I, when I made it official, you know, it was like, do you want to be my girlfriend? Um, like nothing, nothing substantive changed about our relationship after that point, or like not a lot. And so I think she, she just wanted more, you know, UA kind of what you're saying. She wanted more demonstration, like, okay, what is, what does this mean that we're, that we're actually in a relationship? So define the terms of the contract. Right. Exactly. And also she wanted it to be public. Now in this day and age, everyone's very um, careful about changing their relationship status. Like you said, you were like, I saw this coming, so I didn't change my status. <laughs> like you're very preemptive in this whole situation. Changing your relationship status on Facebook is almost legally binding in some way, right? It's like the fifth signature of the contract at that point. Yeah, and nobody does it anymore. Nobody changes a relationship status anymore. Mm -mm. Except for when you're like, Married. married. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's when you're like, I'm in it. You know, uh, like there's no all right, way. Guys, back off, right? Yeah. Right. And yeah. and what is you know, and for you, Kurt, like it sounds like you were also in a very tough position as well because it sounds like you were trying to do elements of that, right? You were trying to do elements of more consistency. And so you got a lot of like back and forth, back and forth, and in a variety of ways. So I imagine that that was hard to figure out what to do with when it when it was so ever changing. Yeah, it was. And I think, um, you know, I've, I've heard this concept of, of love languages, how different people express yeah. love. All five ways. of them. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I definitely think there was an element of that in this relationship because, so when, when we had this uh, like breakup talk where 
she was like, I don't want to be in a relationship uh, anymore. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about this, how she like wanted more expression. And so, so I told her, I was like, you know, so, you know, my previous girlfriends, like, you know, I'd buy them flowers out of the blue and things like that. Um, and she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really like flowers. Um, Acts of service <laughs> or gifts. Right? Yeah, something like that. And so I, um, you know, I, I did actually ask her like, what, you know, what would you prefer me to do instead? And um, I guess I don't, I don't really recall that line of conversation going anywhere in particular. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that have a hard time identifying what it is that they would like to receive that showcase love. Mm -hmm. um, some people, again, we've talked about the five love languages previously, but sometimes it's really hard to know what we want. And also what we actually like to give may sometimes be different than what we actually like to receive. Right? Definitely. And I think in this case, you guys just obviously didn't communicate clearly enough. When you understand what you need, then you need to also understand how to ask for it from the other partner. And it just didn't sound like you guys were actually communicating on the same frequency. Can the um, producer say Yes. Uh, so we, we actually have a comment from our producer, Julie. Producer Julie, do you have any words? Yeah, so I feel, I don't know if you guys have like heard of the rules and any of the awful dating books that are out there for yes. females, but it feels like yeah. this girl was just like reading out of it. <laughs> like that's what you told the story. It feels like she was like, I'm not getting the attention I need. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pull because back. this book told me to do X, Y, and Z because men like the chase. With these types of books and like the kind of the advice that's given to females, this is how they should act. Like you're saying this did not make you feel good, but was there anything about it that kept you intrigued? I, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed the crazy. I mean, certainly it made it, um, I certainly thought about it more just because, okay, this is mm. requiring more mental effort um, and emotional effort. But I think what I, what I would say to that is I'm already interested in her. So like playing these games doesn't wouldn't make me more more intrigued. And and the unfortunate thing about this too is that not only do women have books that they read and then they go play by the the rules of the cray, but uh, so do us guys. I mean, there's a there's you know a lot of people know about pickup artists, and that's unfortunately a lot of elements of manipulation and and ending for it to be an end goal. And so a lot of guys follow that. Uh, format and that kind of causes a lot of destruction as well. So I think we, as men and women, have a lot of of uh, dirty laundry to clean out. Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head 
to viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the walls. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Those books should just go away Those books should die. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Kurt, I do um, have another thought for you. So every time she pulled away, why didn't you fight harder for her? I think there are a few elements to that. You know, one one is just, you know, I'm I'm busy in my own life. Like, I I don't, uh, I only have so much bandwidth yeah bandwidth and if if you're gonna make this like so difficult for me i'm just this you know this isn't worth it that much to me um but and i mean thinking about this other situations that i've been in too is i feel like as the guy you also have this kind of fear of being like a stalker or a creeper and yep. so if, oh. right, if a woman is saying mm-hmm. yeah, so, right because absolutely if you right where is hmm. the line between like fighting for somebody like you know do you write them like love poems or something and then they're like 
like they're talking to their friends, and then this like fucking weirdo dude <laughs> <laughs> is writing oh. me these. <laughs> so your <laughs> ego is in the way, or like a little pride. I I would I say it's I not ego. It's ego. I don't no? think it's ego. no, no, no. I would say on, on Kurt's behalf that when we watch movies and it's love movies, there's this guy that's like, dude, like looking in binoculars on top of a tree with a mustache on his face, right? And like. <laughs> All this montage of all these things that this guy's doing that's extreme, yet the movies do a great job of making it look adorable if they want to, right? Like, they're good at making it look like, okay, he's really fighting for her. And then on the other hand, they're really good at making it look like, oh, this person's neurotic, they're obsessive and all that stuff. So it's very difficult to find that actual line of when you want to put in energy to the point of you're actually trying to work hard for this person to the point where it's like just too much. Right. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, love, love is an obsession in a lot of ways. And so if you're, if you're making the distinction between, you know, when is somebody obsessed in a negative way and obsessed in a positive way, it ultimately depends on what the outcome is, right? Is this, is this wanted attention or unwanted? I, but I do feel like a lot of people want that grand gesture, right? It's not just about you saying, no, let's not break up. I, I, I want to be with you. But in some ways, we want to fantasize about this grand gesture you're going to make to right. fight for our love, like to get us back, show up at our door with flowers. And, or, a, and riding on a horse. Riding on or a horse or like hold a boom box <laughs> next to our in window the in the rain. I don't know. I, I, don't, I fantasize about that. And I, I'm right. sure I'm not the only one. How much would you have to like someone to make a grand gesture like that? Well, so what I'll, what I'll say to that is I, I've definitely done that having had a relationship and then being at the point of breaking up. Just answering that question, it would, it would, uh, we would have had had more relationship history. Mm. I agree with that. The amount of time that's already established in it, allowing for the more comfort and more understanding of the people. Can I interject with one yes, more question? Because there's always this comment of, the grand gesture from the guy, which is seen romantic, uh, but then if the woman does it, it's totally seen as stalkerish and crazy. I don't think I I don't think that's true. I think I think it I think the same rules kind of generally apply. Like, um, I remember one time I was uh, dating someone, and uh, we haven't we didn't see each other in a while. She was super busy, I was super busy, and I so I thought that she wasn't going to be able to hang out, and then. Um, so I, I hang out with some friends and then she comes to the house and she brings all this food and she's ready to hang out with me. And that was oh, food is a good call. Oh, especially for me. <laughs> Any listeners here want to make me happy. Just give me food. And so it's an just a plug. It's a little plug for me. Um, so that, I mean, it wasn't tremendously grand, but it was, that was something that was really nice and well received. And it just, it made me feel fantastic. So I think it's totally able for that to happen. I'd love to ask you, Kurt, what is your takeaway from all this? Now that we've had a little bit of a discussion about, you know, your experience, what is something that you're taking away? I guess I would say based, based on, uh, based on you as advice, I should be more, be more courageous. Uh, <laughs> well, so wow. good job, you, right? Single-handedly changing Single-handedly <laughs> one man at a time. That's a good one. Fighting for what you want, right? Right. And being willing to take more of a, a stance into what is it that you really care about. And, you know, whether it works out or not, at least you know that you gave more of your all. And I think that's tremendous. My takeaway from this is before you say something that could potentially hurt your relationship or hurt your partner, make sure, one, you really mean it. Two, <laughs> you have something to back it up. And three, you have a resolution for it. So if I say something like, 
I think I don't think we should be together anymore. <gasps> I need to give reasons for it. And two, what are the chances that we could make this work, right? So I think a lot of times we say things out of spite and then we regret it later. And then we have to like retrace our steps. And it's it's not easy to once the words are out, mm-hmm. you can't get them back. So that means uh, put yourselves in timeouts, folks. Timeouts work wonderfully. Um, my my takeaway is <clears throat> the idea of really getting to just try. Mm. I think giving it the old college try and looking at ourselves at, at what level that we do that in is important. Meaning, am I going to go wild and crazy for someone that I just met? Or is it going to take me time before I let out the cray? You know? So... I think context is a big factor, uh, and I think it's something that we should all observe. We're going to do one question of the day. This question of the day comes from Samantha Jones. Samantha Jones? Like from Sex and the City? (laughs) (laughs) She totally used a fake name on us. That's okay. Sure, Samantha Jones. Go for it, Michael. (laughs) So Samantha Jones asks, why are people so afraid of commitment? That's ironic for Samantha Jones. <laughs> <laughs> we have very ironic listeners. So, Kurt, why are people so afraid of commitment? Um, by the way, folks, just so you know, Kurt's uh, knees on top of me right now. <laughs> he is flirting full, with me. He is fully committed. He's fully committed. Oh, yeah. Fully appreciate it. Um, why are people afraid of commitment? I think that... I mean, I think, especially here in San Francisco, people are just doing so much. They want to... Um, you know, they want to be successful in their careers. They want to be, you know, they want to travel the world. They want to go to Burning Man every year. They want to do yoga every day. They want to eat green smoothies every day. So people, people are just really involved in, in what they're doing. And so they don't want to make any sacrifices. Mm, um, sacrifices. But, right. But being uh. in a, being in a relationship in, you know, much more often than not, does involve sacrifices of some kind. And so it's huh. how you... How do you bridge those two points of view? I actually find this to be very unique to San Francisco, where this city attracts people who put their relationships in the back burner for a long time. So everybody concentrated on their careers. And all of a sudden, we're gathered in the city where a lot of us don't have much of a relationship um, history. And now it's much harder for us to allow someone else into our lives and putting putting someone else as a priority. So it's not so much fear. It's almost like um, lacking the knowledge and lacking the experience to know what it's like to have someone else share our lives. Yeah, that definitely puts people in a hard position of they want a good relationship, but they don't know what a good relationship is. So how do they find that, right? Uh, I think another aspect, too, is people – I think people are afraid of failure, and so if they put time and energy into a relationship, none of us know what's going to happen. Now, that's a very scary thought because people get emotionally invested and emotions are very powerful. I mean, that's how marketing and everything works is through our emotions. And so when we start letting people play with those in a way, not necessarily play, but experience our emotions, that's when pain increases. And we as humans want to stay away from pain and go towards pleasure. And I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of. Right. I think I think another thing that maybe is particular to San Francisco or even even a lot of California is there's this whole mythology of you go right you go out west to seek your fortune and California is the land where um you know infinite dreams come true and Hollywood Silicon Valley mm. um 
And so there's this belief that, you know, okay, I'm, you know, I'm young now and I'm going to work hard. And then finally, when I've, when I've made it, when I've gotten to the top of the world, when I'm, you know, 30, 35, 40, like, okay, maybe then I'll think about settling down and, and, and moreover, I'll like, I'll settle down with somebody who like is the caliber of where I will be when I'm 50. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so, (laughs) so people don't, uh, people don't want to be committed now when they're like, okay, my life situation is going to be so much better when I'm in my thirties. So I'm, I'm not going to settle down as somebody that I can, um, you know, that I can date when I'm in my twenties. The problem with that though, is it's always a slippery slope. Always like you're never in the place you want to be exactly. Right. Right. So it's always like, Oh, another few years, another few years. Mm -hmm. And then it creeps up on you. It does. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Um, Don't forget to submit your stories. And remember, you can always be anonymous. We can change your name, change your voice, whatever. Uh, We want to make it safe and private. Just like Samantha Jones. (laughs) (laughs) We use protection. Again, submit your stories. But we also want to hear your comments on some of the topics we've been talking about. I'm sure you guys have a lot to contribute. Yeah, what are you guys thinking? And also, one final thing. Stay Stay dateable. dateable. The Dateable Podcast is recorded in San Francisco. We would like to thank our sponsor, 500 Brunches, for making this happen. To connect with us, visit dateablepodcast.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.